0: I don't know about you, but one of the things that's most important to me as I age is staying energized and mentally sharp. One of the essential nutrients for promoting these outcomes is CoQ10, a potent antioxidant found in every cell in your body. CoQ10 plays a critical role in neurological protection, energy production, cardiovascular health, and blood sugar balance, and as one of the most powerful known fat-soluble antioxidants protecting cells, organs, and tissues from damage caused by oxidative stress and free radicals. The only problem, well, we begin to lose CoQ10 as we age and by taking certain medications. Fortunately, there's a supplement we can take to top up our levels. Our CoQ10 is delivered in an oil-based proprietary form and includes natural vitamin E for enhanced absorption and maximum stability. I recommend anybody over the age of 35 or those taking a medication that depletes it like statin medications, for instance, take CoQ10 to help support healthy and balanced cellular function. I have found in my clinical experience it's very helpful for energy, headaches, and even lowering blood pressure. Use code COQ10 that's COQ10 for ten percent off at your Let's get back to the show.
1: Your body's smart too. Your body senses, oh, there's foreign DNA here. So that's one reason why energy during the flu, you feel kind of jaggy and your body says, go to bed.
0: Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. Today, you get to hear from Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, one of the chronic fatigue, pain, and fibromyalgia authorities in the world. And those are our topics today amongst long COVID. This is part one of a two-part series. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. Today, my guest is Jacob Teitelbaum, MD, who is one of the most frequently quoted integrative pain and fibromyalgia medical authorities in the world. He's the author of the best-selling books, From Fatigue to Fantastic, pain free One Two Three, The Complete Guide to Beating Sugar Addiction, Real Cause, Real Cure, The Fatigue and Fibromyalgia Solution, Diabetes is Optional, and the popular free smartphone app, Cures A through Z. And some of these books we actually carry here at the clinic for purchase. He's the lead author of eight studies on effective treatment for fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and a study on effective treatment of autism using NAET. Dr. Teitelbaum appears often as a guest on news and talk shows nationwide, including Good Morning America, The Dr. Oz Show, Oprah and Friends, CNN and Fox News Health. Learn more at Vitality101.com and EndFatigue.com. He has been such an inspiration to me as I took his course years and years ago. And so it's now all coming full circle as I'm so honored to have him as a guest today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Teitelbaum.
1: Stephanie, it's great to be with you and with all the folks out there. For those of you out there who have fatigue, pain, long COVID, fibromyalgia, we're going to help you understand what's causing it and how to make it go away.
0: Love it, love it, love it. They're going to want to hear more. Well, let's start with your story. So how did you become such a leading authority on chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and pain?
1: I mean, lots of doctor like me doing in a crazy-ass field like that. You know, <laughs> anyway. So it's it, I got into it the old-fashioned way. I found myself on the other side of the white coat. My dad had died when I was younger, so I was paying my own mm-hmm. way through college and med school. I realized we pay by the semester, so I, I did about thirty credits or semester. I did a full year each semester, so by two years Whoa. I was just about done. Wow. It cut the cost in half, and sure. then I would work, and you know, in addition, I would work, and all that was not a big deal. And I'd, I'd tend to have a too late and highway itch, and I would disappear and. The middle of semesters and come back weeks later just in time for the organic chemistry test. <laughs> but it was, you know, so it was a lot, but not, you know, and then I went to med school. I figured I'd roll through that really quickly too. Um, and I was working in children's hospital, and all of that was easy. I was a nurse, and that's how I paid my way. I worked in NICU. And my family. Basically, it was an old Auschwitz family. Uh they, Most of my family died in Auschwitz. Wow. My mom was in the some and they, half the community. So I, I grew up in a very empathic young man in the middle of a psychotic situation of people who had gone through insanity. And then they all decided to fix the family's emotional problems then and there in my living room. Well, my my uncle literally, is so one of those TV sitcoms, had a heart attack in my living room, landed up on the coronary care unit, all trying to manipulate me to do to get everybody else to do what they wanted. Uh, that and some other stuff emotionally was mm-hmm. draining my battery, shall we say? And yeah. I came down with a nasty viral syndrome called the drop dead flu, uh, what I called it, and I was homeless, sleeping in parks. So I couldn't work. Wow! Uh, I was paying my own way, and I was in Tulsa in you know, a park on a bench. And it's as if the universe put a holistic homeless medical school sign on my park bench and naturopaths came by. I didn't know there was such a thing. Herbalists, energy workers, chakra teachers, and they each taught me bits and pieces of what I needed to learn to recover. I was able to go back to med school, get my honors in medicine, and have spent the last 48 years uh, researching, writing, and teaching about effective treatments, uh, which turns out are usually sometimes medications. But more often not, which means you're gonna fall. You know, I didn't choose to be an intuitive practitioner per se. I just I'm a science geek. And I just go with the science and Mm -hmm. clinical what what works takes me. So that's how I got here.
0: Amazing. And now you're in Hawaii.
1: Oh yeah. I see a passion. I'm jealous. I decided not to wait to die, to go to heaven. I just skipped a messy dying part my wife when I moved here.
0: <laughs> well, let's start with symptoms. So can you break down symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and even long COVID? And maybe we can break those down individually for the listeners so they can maybe resonate with some of that. I'm sure many of our listeners can.
1: Absolutely. These all represent an energy crisis in the cells. So what
0: I will always remember you saying that in your course, an energy crisis on a cellular level. And I use that with my patients, and I love that. Sorry to interrupt, but yes, continue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> interrupt all you want.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, the first sign of low energy is low energy. You're going to be fatigued. Now, when energy drops to a certain point, muscles take a lot of energy. And when muscles don't have enough energy, they don't go loose and limp. You know, if you have a heavy workout, you come home and you say, my muscles are all tight. Why? It's because muscles are like a spring. It takes more energy to stretch and relax them than to contract. You don't have enough energy. Your muscles throughout your body Hmm. get locked in a shortened position, and they hurt. So you start to get widespread pain. Now, energy levels continue to drop. The next area that uses the most energy for its size, even more than muscles, is the circuit breaker called the hypothalamus. It controls sleep. So suddenly, that circuit breaker goes off. You can't sleep. You can't get the sort of sleep. It controls hormones. So you have symptoms of low thyroid, mm-hmm. like you know, achy, brain fog, can't sleep, uh, even sometimes fertility and miscarriage issues, gut yeah. issues. It controls adrenal. So you mm-hmm. get hangry, irritable when hungry. And it, it controls autonomic function, which is what keeps your blood from pulling in your legs when you stand up. Gravity sends it all downstream. The autonomic system sends it back up. This alphabet soup called POTS or orthostatic mm-hmm. intolerance, mm-hmm. where you may get lightheaded when you stand, but you get brain foggy and you get exhausted after a couple of minutes of being up on your feet. So all these things are on that circuit. So you're going to start to see all these symptoms. And sure. When you have the chronic pain, after a while you get nerve uh, problems. The chronic pain causes what's called brain pain or central sensitization. And then small fiber neuropathy, it breaks down small nerves. So you start to get numbness, tingling, and you start getting nerve pain in addition to the muscle pain, and you're off to the races.
0: Yikes. Okay, so in your opinion, what, oh, I was going to say what causes these, but actually let's go back to long COVID. Can you expand on just some symptoms of long COVID to add to that list? Is there anything in specific? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you're going to see a lot of those same things. Long COVID is simply post-viral Chronic fatigue syndrome. Now you have okay. some more unique symptoms that are only for long COVID, um, sure. where you'll see the loss of taste and the smell, and you may see again shortness of breath mm-hmm. is very common, but and it's scary because some people have shock lung, you know, lung damage from the COVID, sure. um, or they have heart damage from the COVID. Uh, you don't see that. You'll see heart changes in chronic fatigue syndrome, but it's not heart attack type of thing, uh, sure. damage. So you'll see those other symptoms, but by and large, they're the same thing. It's just one more cause of post-infectious chronic fatigue syndrome, and there are dozens of triggers for that.
0: Well, let's go into some of those. And so in your opinion, I was going to ask what you felt like the causes were and if chronic infections were maybe a missing unaddressed link, which you kind of just alluded to that the answer there is yes. So can we go into some of the causes, some of those triggers?
1: Absolutely. think Energy crisis, and I, I keep saying mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. but anything that causes you to spend more energy than you're able to make, so you can have things that are draining your energy or things yep. that are cutting down your energy production. What happens with many viruses? If you look at many infections, not just viruses, the bug itself does not have machinery for making energy, or not much. they don't right. have mitochondria, but viruses mm-hmm. don't right. they they basically hook into your own energy furnaces and steal your energy. To reproduce and make billions and trillions of little baby bugs and then to infect the body. So your body's smart too. Your body senses, oh, there's foreign DNA here. We are going to shut down the furnaces. We're mm-hmm. going to starve with the bugs. So that's one reason why energy drops precipitously. That's why during a flu you feel kind of jaggy and your body says, Go to bed. And I strongly recommend when your body is, you know, having an infection it says, Go to bed. Go to bed. To bed. <laughs> Trying to push through. And say, so well, I, I got this deadline. I got to do it. There's a good way to trip a circuit breaker, that mm. hypothalamic circuit breaker. So And the, delay
0: your recovery. I mean, ultimately, right?
1: Take you out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Not just delay your recovery. So basically, it drops energy production. And sometimes it doesn't turn back on, on. its own, there's little remnants of viral DNA still left over. After an infection, the body keeps sensing it. And it doesn't turn energy production back on. Sometimes you got to go in. And turn that circuit breaker back on by yourself you know manually, so to speak, as opposed to letting the body do it on its own sure
0: well, I want to get into the shine protocol that we've mentioned a little bit here, and I understand one of your studies showed that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe ninety one percent of people improved with an average ninety percent specifically with that shine protocol and I know what this is, and I'll never forget it because it was just it is almost a great summary of functional medicine just using using that that acronym. So I want you to break this down for my listeners. Kind of what does S-H-I-N-E stand for? And we'll kind of spend some time on each of those letters because this is just huge. And I want listeners to take notes. This is important. So, yes, listen up.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Like Stephanie said, write down shine if you don't have Mm -hmm. a piece of paper right on your forearm or on the forehead of the person next to you. But this is your roadmap to recovery. S stands for sleep. Many of you find that you can't get good sleep. You either have insomnia, you have trouble falling asleep, you have trouble waking up uh, repeatedly in the middle of the night. Again, the circuit breaker that goes off controls sleep. So you've got to optimize sleep. There are a lot of natural ways to do that. Uh, there's a wonderful melatonin EP120 sustained release. You want to sustained release melatonin, otherwise it'll put you out. But you'll keep you out. up in the middle yeah. of the night. It'll, yeah. so I take the ten milligram one myself. Uh, there's a mix of six herbs called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. Yeah. Um, and even though I feel great, I mean, I just got back from Dallas lecturing, and I'm doing I'm, yeah, I tend to be kind of busy, and my energy mm-hmm. is excellent. But I'll still take those to protect my sleep. Those two. There's terrific Z for those like essential oils, mix of four oils. Yeah. Um, and then if the natural things don't do it, there's a bunch of other stuff too. Down in my book, I talk about how to use medications. And sure. you know, a lot of people have appropriately issues with things like Ambien or Solpidam, mm-hmm. those kind of medications, the seed drugs. Yeah. But for initiating sleep, they're tolerated well in the large majority of people, and they're reasonable to use not for day-to-day fatigue so much, but for chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. low-dose trazodone, 25 to 50 milligrams, yep. flexural gabapentin. There's over 30 things, but Benadryl. So people say, but I can't, you know, let sleep eight hours. I can't sleep three hours. How, how the hell am I going to get eight hours sleep? And the book will take you through. I mean, there's basic, yeah. you know, setting up a sleep routine and the rest, but there's a host of natural things or medications that could be added. There are uh, autonomic retraining. There's all kinds of things. So you mm-hmm. can, you can, you can get your sleep. I know it feels to you like, there's no way that's going to happen, but you can.
0: I guarantee you haven't tried some of the things. The listeners haven't tried some of the things in Dr. Tiedalholm's book. I joke many times on the podcast that my book is, you know, 350 pages. It's about this thick. Your book is probably like 800 pages. I mean, <laughs> it's about this thick. There's a lot of information in there. It's a it's a huge huge resource.
1: What we did in the book, though, Stephanie, is we have what are called brain fog friendly summaries. Because as soon as you say 800 yeah. pages, it's number lose some people. Fog.
0: Gloss over. It can't yeah. happen.
1: You yeah. can go through the whole book in one hour and can't get the key points because they're all summarized out at the beginning of each chapter in a little box. Key things, key things, key things, short and sweet. And then you can delve into sections for the things that call to you. Perfect.
0: Okay. So S stands for sleep. We know that's extremely important. That's actually the top longevity tip. I've asked over 100 people on the show and the majority of people say get good, good sleep. And so you're giving us some tools, especially in your book, to to get that. Let's move on to H, which stands for hormones. What hormones. all does this encompass? Yes.
1: <laughs> hormones and hypotension. Mm. So uh, the entire, virtually the entire hormone system is controlled by that little almond-sized circuit breaker, the hypothalamus. It controls thyroid. Now, your blood tests are going to be normal. And remember when we were in training, they gave us the impression, well, you look at the test. If the test is in the normal range, they don't say this. I bet even in the nursing programs, they didn't say, if the test is in the normal range, it's fine. They just implied that. At a medical school, we had the same thing where it was, yeah, you just check the test. And most doctors these days are so lost in the art of, of have lost the art of medicine. They'd rather you stay home. They don't want to listen to you. They don't want to bother you. Just send me the test results. If they're normal, you're fine. And, you know, I like to put four or 500 docs at a time. And i love to yeah. ask one simple question. Where do the normal ranges come from that we rely on so much for these blood tests?
0: And and what do and, they say? Or do uh, they answer?
1: <laughs> oh, they answer eloquently. It's like 400 deer in the headlights. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I it took. I, I, there was a challenge figuring it out. I finally tracked it down to the Bureau of, of National Lab Standards and it's a little thing that the normal range is derived by two standard deviations. Put it to English, they take 100 healthy people, they two the test, and the highest and lowest two of those 100 are defined as abnormal. So to make this easier to understand, if I was making normal range for shoe sizes, it would be size 6 to 13. So say, you know, I live in Hawaii. Well, I'm, I'm
0: barely a size 6, so then I would just be barely... <laughs>
1: And I'm a size 12. So we're, so can you imagine if we got our shoes mixed up? You know, in Hawaii, we take our shoes off so we don't track lava into the house. And, <laughs> you know, we we got them mixed up. And now you're wearing my size 12 and I'm wearing your size 6. And, of course, they don't fit. We go to mm-hmm. the shoe doctor. The shoe doctor would go, you know, it's always honey and I'm crazy. The blood test and the shoe size is 12. That's in the normal range. There's no problem with your shoe. And I... You know, beginning first, that's a size six. It's, it's in the normal range. Your shoe is fine. Nice so my toe doesn't fit the damn thing. <laughs> you're crazy. The, the test is normal. And this is what people with low thyroid and chronic fatigue are facing day in and day out. Um, in addition to the horribleness of the disease, they're getting abused by their physicians who say, if I don't know what's wrong with you, you're normal. And who have no idea what the tests mean. Mm-hmm. So that the thyroid test is normal. Does not mean you're normal and you don't need thyroid. That's the adrenal test. So, how do you tell if you need thyroid? Tired, achy, weight gain, cold intolerant. You know, I mentioned uh, unexplained fertility. Any two of those, uh, with, I'm going to go ahead and give a trial of the thyroid hormone.
0: Have you seen our electrolyte options at the clinic? My favorite is Element or Element E. It's an electrolyte powder drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It's free of gluten, sugar, dodgy ingredients, is keto and paleo friendly and tastes delicious. I personally sweat a lot and have suffered with low blood pressure and these electrolyte packets are just what I need on a hot day or with a heavy workout. Even if you don't work out, you might be drinking dead water and if so, you need to replace your electrolytes and Element is a great option for that. My favorite flavors are the citrus, orange and raspberry salt. Grab a single sample packet at the clinic or receive a free bonus sample pack of six flavors using our link with any purchase. In my opinion, this is the best electrolyte drink ever. I'll post this link in the show notes. You're talking about T3 specifically. I mean, T3, both. Well, yes, I would say, would you agree that T3 is more important? I mean, like that's what we are trying to improve or, or are you, do you feel I, like they're equally as important?
1: I'm going to say they're different. Okay. I don't, I don't have a need to compare. The body needs what it needs. Sometimes it can take the T4 and turn it into T3, T3? But a lot of times it can't. Sure. So it's a matter of trying on shoes. It's like saying, yeah. what's more important? The length or the width of a shoe. It's like, yeah. got to see what fits you. Yeah, good you. answer. Everybody's sure. different. So the adjusted, the type, the dose of thyroid will be adjusted based on what leaves you feeling the best and keeping the T4 blood test from being too high and be too low. Yep. If you're taking T3, it'll drop. The, the medications need to be given based on how you feel. And how they feel when you take them, I know so, sounds, so
0: thyroid's sounds, important. Adrenal but... supporting the adrenals is also important. How yes, a simple I... test?
1: Simple test. I, it's a very high tech test. It's twenty thousand dollars, but it'll tell you if you have low adrenals and you need adrenal support. But what I do? I don't hang people upside down like on the tilt table test. Those are unnecessary tests. I ask them a simple question: Do you get irritable when hungry? And if they or the person standing next to them, their spouse is going. Like that, Mm -hmm. they need adrenal support. Being hangry, irritable, when hungry, that is low adrenal in this disease, regardless of the tests.
0: And do Um, you use herbs, glandulars? Like what do you use for supporting the adrenals? What are your top favorite nutrients for you? There's
1: a nice mix called Adrenaplex, uh, which is, it just takes all of them. It takes the adrenal glandulars, it takes the licorice, the vitamin C, the vitamin B5, the DHA, the pregnenolone. But while it's not expensive, take one or two a day, it will smooth it right out. So that's my number one thing I'm going to go with. Sure. Um, I will add adaptogens, things like the smart energy system, which have rhodiolus, Cassandra, ashwagandha, mm-hmm. things like that all combined. We just finished a study on the smart energy system, and it increased stamina over 70% wow. on average. So it was quite dramatic, ripos for the energy. Oh, yeah,
0: we definitely have to talk about ribose. but yeah, keep going.
1: We'll <laughs> do that. And then <laughs> an, another adaptogen called HRG80. If people are saying, I just want mm-hmm. one pill, mm-hmm. I'm going to say get a good multivitamin or B-vitamins, magnesium. Okay, now I'm ready for the second thing to take. I'm going to say take a special kind of red ginseng, Just this one is called HRG80. Is that one
0: on ginseng. your website as well? Is that something? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's a chew, get the chewable tablets. That'll be one quarter of the cost for the same effect.
0: Is ginseng too stimulating in some people? Or... In
1: some people. In some people, yeah. Okay. But that's the nice thing about the tablet. I just take half a tablet a sure, day. Sure, sure. And uh, when I need it, I just take it out when I feel like it. In fact, if you look at my desk, there's, uh, the only thing you'll see is a is that in terms of supplements on my desk. Uh, right now, there's a pot of vitamin powder, too, that I look that's a transiting. Um <laughs> Anyway. The HRG80, it's an adaptogen, but you'll find your whole energy, your mind, all of that. So I'm going to start with the adrenoplex. I'm going to increase salt. Mm-hmm. Salt restriction is the way to crash and burn. Increase water. You're going to say, "But well, I like, drink like a fish, say, yeah, but you pee like a racehorse. Drink more water. And then I'll consider even the medications if needed. But again, the low adrenal can- contributes to the other H, which is hypotension or POTS or
0: Let's go there because I've act- I've actually had this. I'd I, I like to say I don't have this anymore. But years ago, actually, probably a couple years after I took your course in a past office, which I think was very moldy, I started having tachycardia. I mean, every time I'd raise my hands, positional changes, couldn't even blow dry my hair. And I went to Mayo and had the tilt table test, the whole pots work up. I didn't fail everything. But long story short, I was eating way too healthy, drinking too much water. I had to add lots of salt to my diet, which made and get out of that office. <laughs> And that made a world of a difference. And I've been pretty much addicted to salt since. I mean, I put it in in everything. So yeah, let's talk about orthostatic intolerance. Describe that to the audience. How would they know if they had this? And then let's talk about what we can do about that.
1: So we talked about this hypothalamic circuit breaker gets tripped because it uses more energy than any other part of the body for its size. Energy goes down, it goes offline. Sleep goes offline, hormones go offline. And your ability for autonomic control, which is your gut function, and mm-hmm. also, when we stand up, gravity sends blood to the legs. Mm-hmm. Normally, it would just sit there. And that autonomic system pumps the blood back up to the brain and the rest of the body. So what happens when that doesn't happen? And you get lightheaded. your blood pulls in your legs. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You stand up, you get lightheaded. Yeah. But say it's not at that point yet where you feel like you're going to pass out or just once in a while for a few seconds. Now you're going and you're going to the supermarket and you're walking around for 10 minutes. Well, you're gonna have this decreased blood flow to the brain after ten minutes or forty five minutes, you're gonna get brain foggy. Mm. Okay, and you may feel your heart racing as it tries to increase its speed to compensate for that. Sure. So simple things like that. And but those are some of the major things. Tired, brain fog, a lot of these non specific symptoms. So the way to tell, you're not gonna tell directly from the symptoms. You know, lightheaded on standing, yeah, not so easy gimme. What you do is you check your pulse after you've been sitting or lying, probably lying down for 10 minutes. So you lie down for 10 minutes at the end, you check your pulse. do mm-hmm. Then you stand up in one place. And every two minutes or so for 10 minutes, you check your pulse. If it goes up 30 beats a minute and any of those times during the 10 minutes relative to sitting, you have your diagnosis. That confirms mm-hmm. it. If it goes up even 20 in the context of chronic fatigue syndrome i 'm going to be suspicious and treat it
0: and when we say treat it, salt is one thing
1: salt, water, support,
0: support the adrenals you, of course you but need
1: yeah. exercise, but you can't exercise. We' will talk about exercise at, at the, the end in general, but the you know yeah, when you go to doctors this exercise point you want to take them you know two by four and whack them across the head that's a really normal good feeling to have when when happening because that's idiotic, but you do need to condition or recondition a bit. But here's the thing for orthostatic intolerance. It needs to be done lying down. You can't do it standing up in the beginning. So a rowing machine weights. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, that would be nice if I could get out of bed and lift my arms. Yes, we'll talk about how to address that. Or, the book talks about that. But Maybe mm-hmm. there's a lot of things for, okay, if you're one of the 20% that's housebound, bound bed-bound. Okay, we'll tell you how, we, how to start. Uh, basically low dose bilify low dose naltrexone simple things um they're cheap because the tiny doses are prescription uh but they're well tolerated and these tiny doses can make a great big difference compression stockings and I know a lot of you mm-hmm. I'm not gonna wear those old lady stockings you know I'm not gonna do that. There are a lot of athletic stockings for athletes
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh that have built in compression
0: I have some of those, yep. At that time, I used to wear them, and they helped, especially when I traveled. Holy smokes,
1: yeah. They make a big difference Mm because they send the blood back to your leg. So the best ones are 20 uh, 20 to 30 millimeter medium pressure compression stockings. Uh, The higher, the better. Going up to your thigh, they have uh, abdominal compression girdles, too, that will send the blood even further. But if you're not going to wear old lady stockings, get any of the athletic ones that say added compression they will help whether they go knee-high see what feels comfortable to you, but they, they will make a big difference. Then there's a, a treating the adrenal that mm-hmm. we just talked about. I'll uh, use low-dose cortisol up to 20 milligrams a day, which is safe. That's like four milligrams of prednisone, usually much lower than that. And and sometimes four-enough, sometimes metadrin, rabidine. I mean, I have information. Should read do a whole hour on this? Um, for those of you who want uh, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, write it down. My email address is fatigue, F-A-T-I-G-U-E, D-O-C, like doctor, Doc at gmail.com. You can email me and just ask for the free CFS or long COVID or whatever information sheets. I will send you a 4,000-word article that summarizes what we talked about today. And I will send you an orthostatic intolerance the POTS information sheet. Because right now, all you're going is, hey, he may know something, but I have no clue what he's saying because he's rattling off all the stuff so quickly. This is to let you know a flavor of what's yes, out there. Yes, The information sheets are free. If you're financially really, really tight, you don't have, you know, ask for the, you know, how to get well if you have no money, ask for that information sheet. If you have shortness of breath from the, from the disease, ask for the shortness of breath information sheet also. All of these are free. Happy to email them to you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's move on to I, which stands for infection, which we've kind of alluded to earlier. You're saying long COVID is like a post-viral <laughs> syndrome. So what infections all do you feel like can contribute? What are the most common
1: infectious triggers? All to? hundreds. <laughs> most common. In fact, they just came out with, well, there's a post-cold syndrome. That the common cold can cold. cause it too. Wow. And that's, now that's a new research thing. It's oh my god, other viruses can cause it. Oh. Like you know, we've known this for forever. Yeah. forever. Numerous viruses, polio, classic cause both polio syndrome. which is yeah, long polio. You know what? It's the same thing. Epstein Barr virus. Even if you had it as ninety five percent of the population, and you're you know before you're twenty five, and again ninety five percent of the population will test positive for Epstein Barr antibodies. And this is the healthy population. Yeah, doesn't mean you have reactivation. Doesn't mean you don't. Do you check the
0: early antigen? I've been finding a lot of patients who have very high positive early antigen results. Do you do you check
1: that? What I'm finding, I used to yeah. go that, and instead, what tells me is that if they have an, a viral onset and or They're still not they have viral <laughs> feelings, they feel like they have the flu, like stuff every so often with flares. I'm just going to go good with enough. Antiv- I'm I'm going to yeah. go with the antivirals. The tests are not reliable, and I know we love something in black and white. But sometimes you got to just listen to the person, treat them and see if they get better.
0: Can we go a little further with treatment? So like maybe talking about um, nutraceutical or herbal treatments and then medications as well, if you Mm -hmm. use all the above.
1: I do. So again, for viruses, I'm going to go nutritional support, zinc. I don't like talking about vitamin A because if a woman takes vitamin A, 8,000 units or more a day, and she gets pregnant, she will get more Mm -hmm. defects. And I'm afraid if it gets quoted and people just talk about sure. it. So I take a good multiple. So men,
0: vitamins. you can take <laughs>
1: Men, you can do it. To. It's going to get dry eyes and liver stuff if you go over 50,000. But women, limit it to the 8,000. It should not be beta-carotene. It should be the, the fish oil, retinol. That's what's needed for immunity. But zinc and vitamin A, are they work together. They are the key things that make your thymulin, the hormone that regulates your immune system, work. So, good multivitamin. I, uh, I would recommend Clinical Essentials plus Virapro, because I'll give you everything you need in the optimal levels. Two a day of the Clinical Essentials, the uh, elderberry and the other nutrients, and the Virapro. And if I'm if there's cold season, if I get a bug. If I'm traveling and some, and you know, I'm going to be going through you know rooms of hundreds of people and stuff. Um, I will do the Clinical Essentials, two tablets a day, and the Virapro, one twice a day. That's a really good start, even for three months, just to get the immune system popped yeah, off.
0: Yeah, prime, yeah. yeah.
1: ProBoost, which is a thymic mimic. I don't do quite as much as I used to because these other things, I've, I've moved to those, but can be helpful. And then some, and sleep. Sleep is critical for immunity.
0: Yep, perfect. And,
1: and, and adrenal. Uh, you'll find, yeah, for yeah. those of you who, who get hangry, you get every infection that comes around, and it takes forever to go away, and you treat the adrenal, and suddenly people come back after the winter and say, I didn't get anything. Everybody around me was sick, and my, I was fine. You know, the adrenal support, the low adrenal, in addition to hangry, it's get everything, and it takes forever to go away.
0: It's been estimated that more than 37 million Americans are affected by sinusitis every year. Could you be one of them? Signs and symptoms often include fever, headache, swelling of the nasal passages, tenderness over the sinuses, nasal congestion, and bad breath. Conventional approaches to these frustrations often include interventions like medications, which are decongestants, analgesics, antibiotics, antihistamines, anti-inflammatories, and even steroids. While these interventions often do provide some relief, they may not actually correct the root cause of the repetitive and annoying problems. A landmark 1999 Mayo Clinic study of patients with chronic sinusitis revealed that more than 96% of them not only had bacterial, but had fungal and viral infections as well. When you look a little closer, this actually makes sense. Many patients with sinus infections are given what? Antibiotics, which are used to wipe out bad bacteria, but they have the unwanted side effects of wiping out good bacteria as well. And without the good bacteria to keep things in balance, what likes to grow in deep, dark, moist cavities like the sinuses? You got that right. Yeast. Therefore, it can be difficult to truly get rid of sinus infections until you treat the yeast, fungus, whatever words you want to use. If you can relate to this scenario, it might be time to consider an integrative approach to solving the problem. Integrative medicine combines conventional medicine with complementary and alternative medicine, which patients feel provides them with the most comprehensive care. When it comes to sinusitis, an integrative approach incorporates natural antibacterials, antivirals, and antifungals to truly get to the root cause of the problem. Speaking of getting to the root cause of the problem, since many cases of sinusitis also stem from allergies, part of preventing these cases of sinusitis involves preventing the allergic response. I recommend two different products to help you with allergies and sinus issues this year. First, Seasonal Assist. Seasonal Assist contains quercetin, which is an antioxidant and flavonoid found in many plants like onions. It has anti-inflammatory properties and blocks the cox and cox enzymes like other anti-inflammatories would, but most importantly, it's a mast cell stabilizer. In other words, it prevents your mast cells from exploding, creating that allergenic cascade of itchy eyes and runny nose. Taking this can prevent those allergies, but you have to follow instructions on the label and load up and have enough in your system before allergy season for best results. Secondly, our sinus support product provides a four-pronged approach for your health. It contains the following four prongs. Number one, berberine and thyme are natural antifungals to hit that fungus that the Mayo Clinic found. Number two, N-acetylcysteine or NAC is a natural mucolytic, kind of like mucinex, to thin your secretions so that you can get them out. Number three, turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen to open up your airways. And number four, lastly, it also contains herbal immune boosters like lutherococcus, which is Siberian ginseng, and andrographis. The dose of this product is three per day when you start to feel congestion or when you think you might be getting a cold or sinus infection, and it's typically taken for about a week. By using these two products, Seasonal Assist and Sinus Support, many of my patients are able to avoid use of antibiotics, preserving the good bacteria in their systems. Consider this to be one more way for you to be proactive instead of reactive when it comes to your health, something you know that's important to me if you listen to this show for long. As always, consult with your healthcare provider on the products you take and consider a consult with an integrative healthcare provider who may be able to better help you resolve your issues so you can enjoy all of the seasons. Use code sinus for 10% off our seasonal assist or sinus support at yourlongevityblueprint.com. What about medications? And I'll put a plug in for IV therapy here also, because I love IV vitamin C. I think that's great. The patients mm-hmm. feel like they're coming down with something but and even for treating chronic viruses, but it's obviously more, more expensive to come in and a little more aggressive to get IV therapy. So what medications do you use and how long do you feel like patients require treatment for? I've had different guests that have said various things. You know, Some say it, you know chronic viruses can take a very long time to treat and other guests have said, actually, they can be treated pretty quickly. And so I, I'm curious to know your opinion on that.
1: and my experience, it depends a lot on what virus I'm suspecting. If I'm suspecting Epstein-Barr bar, yeah, reactivation, yeah. reactivation, I'm going with a FAMVIR. And mm-hmm. 500 milligrams to 750 milligram dosing um, three times a day and Celebrex. Mm-hmm. The FANVIR dosing is really flexible, but the Celebrex, according to the person who developed protocols, 200 milligrams twice a day, you kind of need to do that. Why, why um, the Celebrex? The Celebrex has antiviral properties at all. Really? The I don't... so the FANVIR by itself, there would be a very small percent of people that would get better. And it, and it took six months. Adding the Celebrex, you're often seeing the effects within two to three months, and it's much greater response.
0: Amplified, yeah. Uh, What about valcyclovir?
1: I'm going to use valcyclovir for shingles. I use one gram four times a day for 10 days. Mm -hmm. You can use it, and it's just fine. You just use a higher dosing. You can use it instead of the famvir. But I find the famvir just seems a a little more effective. You know, if I'm going to be suppressing uh, cold sores or HSV, or, you know, I'll, I'll go with a the Valtrex 500 milligrams or 1,000 milligrams a day are more likely to use a the FAMVIR. The SoviRex is a waste of time, in my humble opinion.
0: Sure, sure. No, thank you. I do remember from your training, I mean, learning about chronic infections. I mean, the big take-homes at that point were, for me, were energy crisis on a cellular level. We got to support the, you know, the cells. We got to improve the adrenals, the T3, treat the chronic infections, one of which was yeast also. So, I want to make sure we don't neglect yeast. And oh. I, I assess every patient for this. <laughs> many times they just stick out their tongue and, ah, oh, you see it right there. You know, I mean, many of my patients have unfortunately taken lots of rounds of antibiotics throughout their life, which has fed this beast. So, on the topic, you know, on the letter I for infection and that shine protocol, we've talked about viruses. Can we also talk about the prevalence of yeast?
1: Uh, there are many other viruses and other protocols. Sure. The book will go through all of those, uh, yeah. many of those anyway. Most important single infection, in my opinion, in this illness is candida. There is not a single test that I would give a nickel for. There are many tests for candida, but they're not I just don't find that the results correlate with whether the person approves the treatment or not. So how do I decide if I'm gonna treat for candida? Two simple things. And again, the exam you're talking about was really good too. But for those of you who are just the quick thing, do you have chronic nasal congestion or post-nasal drip, <laughs> or your are clearing your throat, or chronic sinusitis? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, chronic sinusitis, it. this is a Mayo Clinic study, is an immune reactivity to fungal elements in the sinuses in over 95% of cases. So, I mean, this has been documented that it's yeast, but most physicians, there's no such thing as yeast. If you had yeast, and it's in the blood, it would kill you. Yeah, but this is not in the blood, it's in the sinuses. No such thing as yeast. There's no test for it. It doesn't exist. I don't see it. It's the same. It's sad. So, nasal congestion, sinusitis. I treat for candida. Irritable bowel syndrome. Gas, bloating, diarrhea, constipation. You can see it. It's called. We call it irritable bowel syndrome, which is another way of saying you have gas, bloating, diarrhea, and constipation. We have no idea why. We don't like to say no idea why, so we call it idiopathic or just stick a label on it. It is predominantly candida in this disease, with a few exceptions. You can see the autonomic function contribute to it or dysfunction. But with the candida, it makes yeast ferment. They make a lot of gas. You pass enough gas to fill up a weather balloon, but it doesn't have much smell. When mm-hmm. it starts having room grade school and the silent but deadlies, that's sulfur, rotten egg smell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a different? That, that's bacterial. <laughs> that's because the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which comes from low thyroid, has a major player in the autohomic function, blah, 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 blah. At that point, that's bacterial and that needs a different treatment. But if it loads of wind without a lot of smell and the other symptoms, I'm going to go, again, a good probiotic. Uh, you can use oh dozens of uh, antifungals. Personally, I use the Berberine MUT-X, mm-hmm. uh, 500 milligrams, three times a day of the low-absorption one. I'll use the grapefruit seed extract, and it has to be the liquid. It's not the grapefruit seed extract that's killing the candida. It's the preservative in the liquid. So it needs to be the liquid form of grapefruit seed extract. You can use caprylic acid if you don't find the acid reflux. And I mean, there's hundreds, but I will go with Diflucan, the medication, 200 milligrams a day for at least six weeks.
0: Yep. That was my next question is, at what point do you determine, well, let me back up with natural treatment. To my understanding, you know, a lot of patients, like when you take an antibiotic, sure, seven to 10, 14 days sometimes is enough. But when we're treating yeast with naturals, many times, at least to my understanding, the literature shows you need to treat six to eight weeks, sometimes even longer with naturals. Longer. Or longer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if you determine after longer treatment with natural options, patients still symptomatic when you move on to medication. I guess my question is, when do you decide to move on to medication and what that is? And it sounds like it's Diflucan.
1: Diflucan, if they have CFS or fibromyalgia or, or long COVID? Yep. Thing, yeah, um, and they have those symptoms. I will use the medication along with the other, uh, with the natural things. I will also use a sinusitis nose spray from yep. ITC Absolutely. Pharmacy. Absolutely, it's a wonderful thing, and that, that's what that I think can clear we'll the chronic sinusitis in many, if not most, cases. And yep. I'll use that for two months. So it's a pretty intensive treatment, but it's necessary to clear the yeast.
0: Wonderful. Okay, so under infection, we primarily talked about viruses and yeast. Anything else we want to highlight?
1: Antibiotic-sensitive antibiotic and parasites, okay. are those of you with Lyme disease. Now, again, yeah. a lot of you with chronic Lyme, the Lyme may be gone. And you say, but I keep taking more antibiotics. I feel better with the antibiotics. Because what's happening is you're, supreme, one of you're on tetracycline, you're treating the brain inflammation even if there's no mm. infection. It helps central sensitization. Mm. So it acts to cycle many of those. And the other is what happens is when you stimulate the yeast growth, they're not dying off. You give antibiotics and those yeasts are flourishing. But the symptoms come as they slowly die off at the other end of their life cycle. Sure, They're not dying off as much Your symptoms settle down with the antibiotics. That get better continually with more and more and more antibiotics it means that it may or may not be a, a Lyme or co-infection could be either way, but you need to treat, you've tripped the circuit breaker, treat the rest of the SHINE protocol, then the antibiotics are more likely to work. Um, sure. But when do I give antibiotics? The book will go through a list of things, scalp scabs, uh, low-grade fevers, lung congestion, a history of you haven't taken an antibiotic that you felt, but I blows my mind that people that are near bedbound, they say, well, I went to the dentist and they gave me amoxicillin for a week for my tooth my chronic fatigue them. Way. Way. I said, what happened when they kept you on it then? And they said, they wouldn't. It's like, what? It's like insane. Well, you can't give chronic antibiotics. Oh, um, I have zits. Oh, here you are. Two years. Of <laughs> no, no problem. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. The way it's done. Yes. If you get better with antibiotics, I will give that antibiotic. Sure. For an extended period as is needed to knock it out along with the rest. So, and then parasites, <laughs> I'll treat parasites.
0: Gosh, he is so great to talk to. In today's show, we got through the S, H, and I in his Shine protocol. Next week, we'll finish with the N and E, and he'll also share his tips for treating long COVID. He really wants you to get your life back, and his books, websites, app, and even these interviews are filled with tips to get you there. See you next week. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by Team Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and remember, wellness is waiting.